Ujisikilize. My voice is heavy. Which heavy? It's big. Umenisikia hapa kwa voice note niliongea hata unasema ni mwanaume ndo anaongea. Hello everybody. Eh, hapo nilijaribu kuweka tabu. Mimi nilisikia ah digi hota. Acha niongee vile nimezoea. Acha niongee vile nimezoea. Guys, uh, welcome to the Sound Mind Podcast. Uh, today we are going to be talking about mental health. Uh, this month being a mental health uh, awareness month. So I have brought in some guests that are going to help us to understand what mental health is all about. So uh, welcome on board and let's have a good ride. So we are going to be talking about uh, just giving an understanding to what mental health is all about. Uh, I know in in the in the over the years or uh, due to the uh, impact of COVID-19 in our country, uh, majority majority of the people have been suffering or have been going through mental health problems. Um, some even getting into depression and even dying so it's something that we need to talk about and let people know what it is so i'll just welcome you on board uh, to let's let's understand what mental health is all about uh, simalo thank you um simalo and i'm so excited to be here today and uh, me defining mental health i'll go by the World Health Organization. Uh, the one that says, they says that mental health includes uh, emotional, psychological, and social well-being, whereby they do help us to understand how to handle things and to handle the, the stresses that we're going through over the life. So to me, mental health is the being sound mind and feeling emotional safe, and also be able to handle the things that you you're having all the things that you're going through in life. Uh, thank you so much. My name is Teresia Washira. And according to my own understanding, mental health is a psychological, emotional, and uh, physical well-being. Uh, that means that uh, as a person, you're able to make informed and uh, good decisions in your life. That is when you're mentally stable. Perfect. Uh, does it mean uh, when I'm not I'm not able to maybe make decisions on my own or um, uh, does it like uh, there are people that in their in their system they are not people that are able to be give you answers that you need instantly? Uh, can you say that this person is suffering from mental health or it's just a character of this guy? Uh, so I I feel like. Uh it doesn't have to be mental health because uh, some of these decisions that we have to make uh, in our lives, they take time. Mm -hmm. There are these decisions that uh, you don't really have to give someone an answer at that particular moment. But when I say making good decisions in your life when you're mentally stable, that means that uh, as a person, 
your own self. You're able to make a good decision about your own life. In, uh, it can be in different categories. So uh, when you ask me a question and I'm not able to answer you right now, or when you are doing this interview and I'm not able to answer you that question, that does not mean that I'm not mentally stable. Mm -hmm. Yes, so uh, in decision making, it is in a different category of our life. That means that when I'm seated down at my house or when I'm having a chat with my friends or there are some things that I want to do in my life, I can make that decision without depending on another person. That is from my own understanding, yes. Okay, perfect. And um, majority, uh, according to the statistics eh, that we have seen uh, during the COVID-19 period, we understand that uh, there are some factors that even influence that may make someone to get into such a situation be suffering from mental health there are some external factors that may influence this so what what are some of the of the things that i should look out for uh, that if i see someone going through this i say uh, maybe this person has started having mental health issues or they are shouting but we cannot understand whatever they are saying similar yeah, for sure, COVID-19 has actually uh, made a number of us, including mm -hmm. maybe some of us, mm -hmm. or maybe some of our colleagues, to actually suffer mentally. But there are those who went to extreme and they were unable to handle or they were unable to be able to know that now I'm suffering and this is what I need to do. So for me, uh, I think... Uh, when you see someone or maybe you see someone who's close to you maybe things have started changing and you realize this person needs help but remember you wouldn't go uh, telling someone that i think you're suffering from mental health now i want to help you you can't do that you just have to do an observation and uh, you will maybe you can just be there you can watch you can try and listen to the stories, whatever they're telling. And from the stories, that's when you will realize that um, this person is really suffering. And I think uh, the best way that um, have actually helped a number of those people who've been suffering, I know some of us have gone through the, the acute stress. That was okay because it is the normal things that are happening in life. But there are those, uh, some of the, um, I don't know, uh, it's kind of process that you're going to use. Maybe try and talk about your life before COVID. Start, now start from when COVID started afterwards. That way you will find yourself, you're trying actually to be, maybe let's say mentally well or sound, something okay. like that. Yeah. Yes, yes. So uh, that is important. Um, I was listening to another podcast of a friend. Uh, I don't know whether you've heard the podcast from Kimani Mbugwa. Uh, this guy was famous in 2018, 2017. He was a very famous guy. Apparently, but this guy was suffering uh, because of the fame that came with the presence that he was receiving. So he would find other alternatives to uh, this mental problem. Uh, he said uh, he, would go, he would go maybe uh, start using medicines, uh, like uh, we'll take uh, bangi, marijuana, so to, to at least keep himself in a, in a state that he, will, he cannot control anything. Mm -hmm. 
So do you think uh, some people may be suffering through mental health, but they are not showing it to the people that are close to them? They are suffering with it internally. Maybe they are finding things that are, they are going to use to depress this. Uh, yes, I heard about that story, and it is true. Some people uh, suffer, and they know they are suffering, and they are going to look for ways or mechanisms to to depress and to to try and hide their feelings. Some might be suffering mentally, and they are not even aware. Mm -hmm. Let me talk about uh, the ones who know their sufferings. The reason as to why they will not talk about their issues, it's because of uh, different things, like let's say um, social status, fame, where you come from. You might be scared to talk about uh, the things that you're going through. And uh, because when you look back, you tell yourself, you know, I was like this, now I'm like this. So when I start talking about my problems, maybe I can lose my fame, I can lose my job, I, I'm going to lose my career. So they look for mechanisms and ways to avoid talking about what they are going through. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, the second category is the category that suffers and they don't know that they are suffering. Mm -hmm. And most of these people, it will take another person to understand and know that mm -hmm. they are going through something that they are not even aware of. They might get even to depression and they are not even aware. Mm -hmm. These people might... Um, Maybe they used to do something before, now they are not doing it, but they are not even aware. Mm -hmm. That is why it is very important to take care of your friends and to always check on your friends. Because uh, as an outgoing person, and now you're not outgoing anymore, you are, you are an extrovert. And I'm not saying that all extroverts are uh, mentally, they are not stable. mentally mm -hmm. stable. What I'm saying is that um, my friend here, Simaloi, might be outgoing. I know her as an outgoing person. She's always out there. She's always, you know, doing things and challenging herself. But all of a sudden, she's in the house. She doesn't get out of bed. She, she doesn't want to eat or do anything. I'll be worried because I know her. So it will take me as her friend to know that she's not doing well. Mm -hmm. And that is where I will start probing and uh, try and understand and know how I'm going to help her. So Perfect. if you're going through something and uh, you're not even aware, it will take your friends. But if you're going through something and you know it, it is good to always speak out and seek, and seek for help. But sometimes you find that you have friends who don't know you're suffering from mental health. No, they have not uh, stayed around someone. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah they've not. Yeah. They, they are there. You are suffering. You want? Do I tell them that there's something happening, or should I continue keeping quiet? Such things. Perfect. So, we can say, uh, what are some of the triggers for this? Does someone just wake up and start suffering from mental health, or there are things that? Uh, may trigger someone to start uh, in, uh, having mental health issues. Maybe the environment that I'm living in, maybe I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child in a, an abusive marriage or something. Mm. Um, at the moment, at that age, I may not understand what it is, but you may find as I grow, as I get older, uh, I can remember what happened. So. Any, every time that I get into a place that people are confronting themselves, it triggers that. And it can we say that will, uh, will affect 
the, the, the decision making of the person, the mental health of, of, the, of the person as it grows, uh, depending on the environment that they are in. Yes, any of you can answer that. Uh, let me let me go first. Uh -huh. Well, uh, you said whether someone would wake up one day and realize, oh, I'm mental. I'm, I'm, I'm mm. having a, as a problem with my mental health. Mm. Well, it doesn't happen like that. You know, if actually uh, I use your example, if I am in a violent home and uh, I'm, every day I'm seeing this and this happening, and at a time I will grow up and then I will start now realizing what was happening, well, that we can call it trauma. But talking about mental health, remember, we have uh, different types of stress. We have the, the daily or the normal stress, which they are called acute. That one you can handle. For example, you woke up very late and you're worried that what time will I get to work, what will my bosses do? So that one you will just arrive and maybe you'll find that, oh, I'm safe. So that's done. What if you're but not if, safe? You are because... <laughs> you, See, what if I got there late? Oh, uh, you get there late. Uh -huh. I, of course you will tell the boss, this and this happened. Maybe it's traffic or maybe I overslept. You will try to reason together. Do, do you think, let, let me just maintain there on, at the job, job okay. environment. Okay. Uh, do you think uh, majority of the mental problems uh, come out of our work environment? Because maybe you get stressed a lot at the, work, at the workplace. Uh, uh, I think I wouldn't say majority is from our workplaces. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, let me say what I am thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, most of people who are actually suffering from mental health, it starts from home, mm -hmm. your family. You, you, you're waking up every day, you're trying to make ends meet, and then you go out there, you know how the world is, especially now post-COVID-19, we lost jobs and now we are trying to recover. So I will walk out looking for something to bring back at home. You get home, you find a significant other, you try to explain it is not understood, and then now you start, uh, can I say, lack of a better word, throwing words. They will start piercing. And what next? You will start finding yourself with a lot of questions, thoughts. What should I do? Am I supposed to go through this? So I think um, where we actually find ourselves getting, oh, what triggers mental health mostly is the abuses that come from home or maybe the kind of thing we were going through at our home. Uh, maybe Tess can tell us. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah, so uh, yes, uh, you said about uh, children who grow up in abusive and violent homes. This, these children at that particular age, they are not able to understand or to process whatever is going on with their families or with them. So as they grow older, they will have this mentality of uh, this is how a family looks like. Because if I was brought up in a violent family, every time I hear the word family, I will always associate that family with violence and abuse and beating one another or throwing words, abusing each other. So this child will will not will not have any interest of ever having a family or wanting to get a family. Let me give an example of uh, girls who are raped at a very young age. When they are raped, uh, 
they will always think of men as people who rape. So even if they get older, they will not want to get married. Why? Because they know if I associate myself with this guy, this is what they are going to do to me. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of processing and a lot of help, like professional help from professional counselors to be able to explain to this to this person that not all men are like that. And it will take time. Mm -hmm. So you will find that uh, if you're mentally unstable because of something that uh, you see, chances are high you experienced it as a child. It was hidden somewhere in your unconscious mind. You're not able to process it as a young person. Mm -hmm. But when you grow older, when you're, when you're an adult, you're able now to understand and know. If it is a family, you will be you are going to be afraid to get into a family. If if maybe you you have abused or uh, maybe raped, you're always going to have that fear in you. So this um, will bring will will bring mental uh, instability, and uh, to avoid this mental instability, these people will will try and avoid that kind of life. If it's getting married, I don't want to get married. If it's having a family, I don't want to have a family. Mm -hmm. So that happens, especially when it happened to you as a child. Yes. Perfect, perfect. Uh, that is a very good illustration. Mm -hmm. And now, how do we diagnose someone? Uh, how do we tell this person is suffering from mental health? Uh, do we just conclude by looking at their character? Uh, like you said, there's someone that uh, used to be extrovert, now he's becoming introvert. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe some things may have influenced the decision that he can't uh, introvert. So how, what, do we, what do we use to diagnose someone? Pesh, um, so uh, there's, there's, a, there's a tool mm -hmm. that uh, is used to measure uh, depression. And uh, for depression, most of the time, it is... It is feeling of you know hopelessness, sad, sorrowful, sorrowful. You're, you're, you're beating yourself up for a period of two weeks. So in this period of two weeks, that is when a, a counselor, a professional, is going to diagnose you with depression. So there's a tool that is used uh, professionally by all professional counselors uh, to measure and know if you have severe depression or moderate depression, or a depression that is a depression that is just at at the start, the beginning of, of depression. But for those who have, have severe depression, that means they've been having depression and they're not even aware. They don't even know they have depression. Mm -hmm. So maybe when, when there's intervention, that is when you just use that kit and that tool, that is when you realize that they have severe depression. Yes, so there's a tool that is used by by counselors, yes. Great. Simaloi. <laughs> Uh, I'll just say the same thing, of course there's a tool, but also physical examination is at all works, you know, maybe you, you become sick and you, I don't know what's really happening, so you go to the hospital and uh, the doctor will actually examine you and we want to know what is really happening. So with a few questions that he or she will ask, will help him understand what you're going through. Also, maybe we can say, I don't know whether it is already known, but we can say maybe the test, the, the maybe the lab test or something, they will also help. And also, you can realize by, by being with someone, maybe we have 
they have high and low moods. There is excess fear. See, there is isolation, such. Perfect. So we we have looked at uh, the triggers. We have looked at uh, how do we know that someone is going through this. So are there any cures that are available for persons that are going through mental problems? Uh, I start with Tesh. Yeah, there are. Uh, let me take an example of depression. Uh, uh, depression can have has a cure, and uh, if you are not going to involve a psychiatrist, we, we use psychotherapy. That is where we, we just talk to the person as a counselor. You talk to the person, you engage, you interact, you know what the problem is, and then I know the best way to help that person. But there are cases where we are going to involve a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist is going to to prescribe medicines and uh, that are going to assist the person. So uh, as a counselor, I'm not in a position to prescribe any medicine. So if I feel there is intervention needed by a psychiatrist, what we do, we refer this person to the psychiatrist. And then the psychiatrist is going to read the report that I have given to them, and then they're going to know the best medication to prescribe to this person. So yes, there is a cure. And uh, talking about it is, uh, is what we do mostly in Kenya. Uh, psychotherapy is used more in Kenya. You know, talking to the counselor, you know, going for a walk, having sessions, and with time, these people uh, recover slowly by slowly. Yes. Okay. Sibaloi, do you think there are, there are any remedies to this? Like cure? Cure, yeah. Uh, yeah, there is cognitive, cognitive uh, therapy. We have also the one that she said, the psychotherapy, where you will have to meet with the, with the psychiatrist. You, he, will take you, he or she will take you through the session and definitely at the end of the day, maybe we will have now, uh, we'll be able to see the mild or maybe you become completely well. Okay. Yeah. And now the biggest challenge maybe that we may face, uh, that we may be having in, in our country or maybe in the, in the African setup, it's that uh, we we are not brought up in, a, in an environment where we are able to communicate our issues, especially the men. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not able to communicate our problems, maybe that we may be our thoughts that we may be having. So even when you're telling someone that uh, they need to seek help, maybe to go talk to someone about their mental issues or a psychiatrist, go see a psychiatrist, it becomes a problem. It becomes a burden for them, some of them. So they choose to maybe either die with their problem or find an alternative to it. So what, what, are, what other ways will you, will, that we can use to introduce, apart from just creating an awareness about mental health, to introduce someone at a younger age uh, to understand that it gets to a point in your life that you may find yourself going through this and this is how you're going to solve it yes well i think uh, the reason as to why we, we actually not uh, we think that most men are suffering from depression it's because they are given uh, they are being told that when you want to me like you see, those are the things that are making 
most of the African men to get depressed. But I think the best way we can start doing this, it's uh, from the grassroots. If I, t if I realize that uh, when uh, these guys reaching to this age, they're finding it hard to actually talk about themselves, and they're also not trusting anybody with their issues, then let's start from the, the lower classes, or let's start from the, 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 the grade one or grade two. Start training these kids. Tell them that when you have an issue, speak it out because you will find that this thing you will grow with it you grow knowing but when you reach at that age let me say because most of these men are dying at um, not teenage but mm, yeah. uh, let's say youth, their youth yes, yes most of them are dying and uh, when you're reaching to that point you're unable to control everything you're just there, I do not know what to do, I don't know how I'm going to start, because these things have piled. Mm -hmm. And you're wondering, if, I, if for example, and the other thing, uh, you find that the, the reason as to why these things are piling, it's because we don't trust each other. Because they will mm -hmm. come and talk to you, and then I will get out there, and everybody will be like looking at me suspiciously, and I'll be like, what is happening? Because whatever I told you, I entrusted it with you, but you didn't, honor the, 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 the trust. trust. You just decided to go and spread the whole story. So other than me uh, having uh, anxiety, then I would rather keep my secret. I would rather stay with whatever is bothering me. But if we do not want things to get escalated to that point, then let us start from the grassroots. Let us uh, have those organizations that are advocating for mental health. Let them start training these kids as young as they are. Because when you reach uh, to maybe you, you're not turning 18 years old, you are now able to understand that whenever I'm going through this thing, then I, I, I have uh, or I can see a counselor or I can talk to um, a religious person or I can talk to maybe a teacher or maybe I can talk to someone who I trust or someone who can actually help me. Perfect, perfect. Uh, do you have anything to add? No, I feel she has said the most important things that are okay. supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. but, uh, men should uh, stop, you know, beating their chest. You know, they say, you know, I'm the man. What we say here in Kenya is that <laughs> ule mse, So I think that should be, that should start, it should, it should be trained when young kids are like as low as like pp1 or you know they, are, they should be these teachers should show the kids and especially the young boys that when something is wrong it is okay to talk about something when it is wrong it is not bad at all to talk about what you're going through or to say maybe so and so did this to me you know even when you realize that boys even the young ones, they'll solve their problems. They'll not come to class, you know, crying so and so did, did something. But the girls will come, you cha cha. This one did this to me. But the boys, it's in the field, they'll fight and they'll come back to class and that's that. Yeah. So this kid will go back home. They still have that pain in their mind. They're like, oh, he did this to me, but I'm, I cannot talk about it because, you know, I'm a boy. I'm supposed to be strong. They beat their chest, they sleep and that's that. So I, I feel it should be changed. 
especially okay. in our African setting. Yeah. African setting. Yeah, and yes. I think with with the new curriculum that we've been given, the CBC one, I think it's handling all of these things. Uh-huh. They're starting doing it all the way from PP1. They're okay. training the kids and I am sure with the generation that we are going to raise maybe in the next <laughs> let's say in the next 10 years, ten years Mm. then actually we will have uh, better conversations yeah. about yeah. this. Some of these conversations will be out there. Mm. Everybody will be aware. Perfect. And, uh...